This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains spoilers from the world Sarah J. Mass has created, as well as brief mentions of We Hunt the Flame, Neon Gods, Shadow Hunters, Euphoria, and the Songs of Wraiths and Ruin duology. There is also discussion surrounding substance abuse and addiction. everybody and welcome to a court of fandoms and exploration your weekly deep dive into the ya literature and fandoms that we love i'm laura marie and i'm jessica marie and today we are discussing for the second time (laughs) crescent city by sarah j mass Uh, our first time recording crescent city was december 28th 2020 can you believe that 2020 it's so weird i'm like who who knew? I always think who knew, but it was our first bookish episode. Like it, it, this book means so much to us. Really, really fantastic. Uh, so I have read this now three times. This is just your first reread of any Sarah work, and obviously your first reread of Crescent City. Tell us. <sighs> I don't. I mean, it's a lot, right? I mean, I know. Well, first, like, this episode, we're recording for, like, point of reference on February 6th. So we're really only going to, you know, aside from what we know and what we've learned in our rereads and, like, additional rereads for Laura, um, we also only know what Sarah has put out up until this time. So, like, her recent thing, I think she posted today, the only other secret I knew about Danica was that she was a blank. And... Like, it could be so many things. I just finished the reread today, and I'm emotionally and physically drained. And I think I I remembered everything. I remembered the plot, all the little things that happened. I just made more correlations this time around between, like, Akatar and maybe some Throne of Glass. Um, But I think I disassociated the emotions, aside from how much I loved this story and the friendship and their friendship specifically between Bryce and Danica. And it it, like, remember all the lines. It's like you it's like when you're talking about Shadowhunters, you could only talk about it on a surface level, because if you're in it, you're devastated. Like the whole like, what is it like the whole last hundred pages? You're just just tears falling it's, it's over it's a lot it's a lot i i need to go to bed that that is i think the the best way like i need to go to bed that is exactly right because the tears the emotion like is all still there it all hits it it doesn't get any less emotional either um no, for me progressively yeah, it, it gets more. So, like, for me personally, like, this is the third time. Like, because I knew what was going to happen, I found myself, like, really avoiding this book yeah. uh, for a couple of days or, like, like really stealing myself. Like, I'm going to set aside an hour and I'm going to sit on the floor with a blanket in front of the heater and just listen to La Haba in the <sighs> library. Like, and, and just deal with that. Because I know that that's coming. You know what I mean? Like, 
that that's that's kind of how I went through this book. And I found myself really, really loving Danica just more, more. Yeah, just just more, just more. Like, I already love her so much, but like, just more. And that is kind of, um, I don't want to say because of, but when Sarah released that quote today um, about like, so they're talking about, Dan- they're still talking about Danica, you know, and that is just something that is really nice to know that in the next book, like, even though we kind of close the chapter, I guess, I mean, we don't, we don't really know, but like in, in Crescent City one, <laughs> we kind of close like chapter on Danica, like her energy is gone, right? They say that explicitly, like her energy is gone. She is not in the bone quarter, but it is nice that the memory is still there and they're still talking about her in the next book. And it is just comforting. Well, I love it. She's still such a, such a huge character you know, so far from like what we know from that snippet. And I think it's just so it reminds me of some of the books that we've read recently with um, like Karina and her sister or with um, We Free the Stars or We Hunt the Flame. You have um, you have some like there's always that character who's just not kind of like their conscience. But I think it's just such a beautiful way to honor somebody who you love so much. And I, I'm going to cry. Um just because somebody's gone, that doesn't mean that they're they're not in your life. They're, they're still in your life. I'm going to pull you out of this. I'm Thank to, you, because I'm going to spiral. Yeah. I'm going to pull you out of this. I'm going to pull you out of this. I hate life experiences. You had asked me before we started recording uh, if I had noticed anything during this reread that I hadn't before. And I told you that I noticed something um, kind of interesting that got me thinking about Hunt that we will talk about later. Um, I want to be... I'm going to say it. I'm going to, I'm going to say it and make you laugh. I want to be very upfront before we dive into anything. This is not a surprise to anyone at all. You, you already know. Um, I'm not a Hunt fan. That doesn't mean that I don't appreciate him as a character. I do. I do. I appreciate him as a character. I appreciate what he's like doing for Bryce, what he has done for Bryce. I appreciate the friendship there. Like, what he like the support like i get all all of this all of this all of this i understand the character of hunt i don't like him as a love interest for bryce that is my personal opinion um this is well known we know this uh hunt athalar is kite man (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> from Harley Quinn, specifically <laughs> Harley Quinn on HBO Max. You cannot tell me any differently. You, can, you cannot. You cannot. The catchphrase for Kite Man is, hell yeah. So you cannot tell me that every time Hunt says, hell yes. Well, and that means like flat. Like, I, I'm not familiar with Kite Man. I don't watch the show, but I absolutely will now because of a one specific clip that Laura had shared with me. And we'll add it into the show notes. Where she's been trying to get me to get the, to watch the show forever. Um, and now, because in this clip, Poison Ivy is Bryce and Kite Man is Hunt in this moment. And you can't help but laugh. And this is really going to, this, that was the selling point for me to get to this clip. Um, they're, they're one and the same. They're one and the same. It's too good. So that is how I see him, especially because uh, Hunt 
likes to lay on the couch and he likes to watch sports and he likes to be in sweats and he likes his hat, which I will get into later because I have I have something there. Uh, but he likes all of this. Uh, and it's just like, uh, okay, okay, okay. But, and, you know, and it's not to say, I don't want to, like, go in, but, I mean, I'll happily bash Hunt. I mean, the first episode, I go, is he lay? He's good for her. Get you some, Bryce Quinlan. I am so happy for you. But, as many people know, you don't have to be, like, with just one partner. Like, there, you can... We know this. She has slept with many people. He could just be another notch in her bedpost and on with her merry way eventually. And and if you want to think about other things, like maybe they're good for each other right now. And, you know, and you can make the argument like, oh, you know, you know, the TikTok sound where they're like, that's the only argument I need, Sean. I feel like people are like, well, and, and I have some examples where I was thinking, okay, are these the examples that people are like, their end game? And then you have other people with other examples who are like, no, Bryce and Adis are end game. And I'd like to propose the argument of why does it have to be either of these two? Do we not remember Throne of Glass where you had Sam, you had Dorian, you had Kale, you had Ro? I mean, there were people, you know, and whether she was sleeping with them or not, we obviously know that Aelin's only slept with two people, but she's had other love interests. And why does it have to be one or the other? We could have not even met anybody. And also, why are we fixating on the romantic, like, the romantic interest when that's not what this story was about at all? Say it louder. <laughs> Say it louder. It's not, it's not what it's, it was about. It's about love and, like... Like love and friendship, love and found family, love for like the the lengths that you would go for the for the, your friends. Yeah, this this is a story about friendship. I'm trying not to clap my hands too loud. This is a story about friendship. <laughs> All uh, the emojis. <laughs> yeah, it is not. It is not about like romantic love, in my opinion. Like mm -hmm. I, I just, I just do not, I do not feel that it is about romantic love. I do not feel that Hunt and Bryce are in a romantic like love situation, and um, that's great. <laughs> you know, it's great. Uh, I, I think the story is about friendship, and it, let them be. Friends, let this be a really fantastic example of like male female friendship, right? Like, let that let that be it because we know from from uh, what Sarah and the publisher has released that Bryce and Hunt are in a platonic situation for at least the beginning of the next book. We know this; this is out there. So, yeah. like, great. That's great. Like, but I th it also shows that like they're also taking a step back to realize we have bigger shit at play. Yes, we have bigger, bigger shit at play. Okay, uh, so I have some notes. Jess, I know that you have some notes. There are bigger things at play here. So let's talk about some of these bigger things at play. Some of these bigger things at play is yo. Uh, Rune's dad, the Autumn King, has a model of the planets in his office, just like Reese does in his office in Akatar. Yep. I want someone to talk about this. No one has talked about this. Um, what the fuck? What is this? What is this? Is it the same one? Mm, probably not, but it would be cool if it was. Um, the Fae situation in the world of Crescent City is very interesting. 
There are things that we know here for a fact. We know that the Fae, like, came from another world. We know this. We know that the Horn came from another world and was named, you know, Luna's Horn or whatever after the goddess in once they were already in Crescent City. So it was made in another world. The fair from another world. So it would just make really fuck sense if some of those fae were from the Akatar world because, like, it is too on the nose for me that the Autumn King has <laughs> fire and has red hair. Like, it is just too on the nose for me. And then, and the other, like, little, little things in there. So that, that is, that is where I'm at. So the Autumn King maybe has Reese's planet thing. That would be kind of cool. I would like more on that. Um, and then I will say this here because Jess, I said it to you earlier. I have a gut feeling that maybe we are giving too much credit to the plot. And maybe things like this are just Easter eggs for fans to enjoy instead of like concrete facts that are tying everything together into some epic, you know, end game portal everybody world solution happening thing this is maybe they're just nods to the readers of all her books and we just spiral for no reason that is my little rant on that or we're looking for some sort of connectivity and i i know we talked about this in one of our akasif episodes where what if we're just and I relate it to like if you're in a marketing or a strategy meeting and you're brainstorming ideas. What if she kind of had a blank slate and then we have these theories of connectivity and then she goes, oh, well, that's a good idea. I'll write that way. We don't know. We're yeah, we not, don't know. We don't know. For all we know, she didn't. She was like had writer's block and she's like, oh, my gosh, I love all these theories. Or I actually don't like that theory, but that's going to help me kind of jump like like a jumping point to do this other theory. I, I, you know, I don't I don't know. Nobody knows. Well, something that you do know, Jess, is you do know that you recognize Rune's powers this time around. Yes, I can't believe it's literally all there. It's, it's on page. It's on page, highlighted. And every time, like, something came up about the shadows or, like, the mental talking, because um, he's like, oh, you're m- mind reading. He's like, mind talking. Um, I go, oh, my gosh, is he a distant re- relative of Azzy? Because, um, I mean, it's it's all over the place. But he goes, Rune has had has been learning to wield his shadows from his hateful coven cousins in Avalon to wield them as whips and shields in pure torment, physical and mental. And I mean, we know the shadow singer. We know he loves to torture people. Like, <laughs> But also, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you no, bring up course. a really good point. Um, so he goes to the Northern Fae to do that. The Northern Fae in Avalon with um, the stag, whatever they call with themselves. The stag! Yes! And that was a question that I had for you. Well, so he's up there training his shadows to make swords and shields and, like, projectiles and shit. What does that sound like? That sounds like Rowan and Aelin in Air of Fire. So, and it's, like, green and, like, stags and shit. So, like, maybe that's them, right? 
So they're up there. And then, uh, you know, the rest of them are down in Crescent City. I don't know. It's just like one of those like weird things that could be something or maybe it's just like Easter eggs. Easter eggs are also like right what you know. Yeah. Why not? Because Avalon is just, like, too fucking similar to Avalon from King Arthur, which is another, like, misty green isle in the sea with magic. So is it that, you know? like and not only that, with King Arthur, what was what was Ruin's ordeal? Having to pull the, the sword, sword out, of the sh- out of the sheath and he was the only one? Who, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's King Arthur. Yeah, like, hello. But uh, nobody's talking about that either, I don't think. Uh you know, I, I know that people like relate the world of Akatar to, um, you know, like England and. Oh, and, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But but I don't think anybody specifically talks about uh, King Arthur, maybe. But I didn't pick it up till this second. Like, again, it's I think something that's super beneficial is everybody gets really intimidated with Crescent City and like the info dumping and. I was clinging on to, initially, when my first read, I was clinging on to all of the details. And you said, don't worry about the details. Just, like, read for the plot now. The plot is what's going to make sense. Well, I mean, it's going to make sense anyway. But, like, we don't, there's no need to grasp at the details yet because we don't have a second book. We don't have, and especially, specifically me, I hadn't read Throne of Glass. Like, I had, I was still going through an Akatar hangover. So you kind of nudged me in this direction. And... You read it for the plot first. And now, with a reread, you're able to pick up those details. Just if you if you want to make those connections or see, you know, because, well, you, joke's on me. You think you're not going to have it or anybody, really. You think you're like, oh, I know the story. I'll just be able to like, okay, I could look at focus on the details. Got to focus on the details through the tears. That's like essentially what was happening. Yeah, you know, chapter five, just, it doesn't get any easier. It gets worse with the reread. It gets worse every single time because, like, the second time you know it's going to happen. And the third time you're thinking about what Danica must have been thinking about. And it's just like, no, no thanks. Well, the, it took me so long to start start the read, just like you said, because, and I think at one point I texted you, I go, any other reread, I'm skipping chapters one through five. I can't take it because... Even when she's in the kitchen, she's like, I'm fine. I'm fi-. And you know, she's like, she, you know, that she's been dealing with the synth, dealing with Redner. You know, you know what's going to happen. And every little information, every step along the way, you know that she was thinking about. She realized that Micah had killed her, killed her pack. Everything that she she knew that somebody was coming after her, the way she was setting up the USB, the way that she was getting her getting Bryce so drunk that she can just get get the the horn tattooed into her because it, it was almost like she knew it was inevitable that somebody was going to kill her. It's really good, right? Like it's it's so good. Um, I need I need to pivot away from that because it's like so painful. I know it's, it's gonna it's, it's so yeah. painful. Like okay, um, so little things that I noticed this time around was uh, when Rune is really high, he sees a halo of starlight around Bryce, which is really interesting because by the time we get that observation, that is like the second, I think time starlight has been mentioned with Bryce specifically uh, because she smells like starlight, right? Like. 
So there was that. Lilac, nutmeg, and starlight, yeah. Yeah, lilac, nutmeg, and starlight. So it's just, it's just really interesting. So like knowing that, it's like, oh, it's there. It's it's always been there. N- now we're just like learning about it. Um, Something that I noticed in this reread that I had brought up in our um, Neon Gods episode, actually, was Hunt starts telling Bryce, like, she needs to eat, right? And like she need and Bryce is like, fuck you. Fuck you. Don't <laughs> tell me what to eat, what I need. Like you are not. Take a step back. And I was just like, oh, finally. I so love finally. You, yeah. I love her so much. This is what I want. This is what I want. Like my my MC. If I'm not hungry, I'm not going to eat. Yeah, and don't don't monitor me. Like, fuck off. Like I I absolutely don't order for me. It. Oh my god, don't order for me. I cannot stand when people order for me. It is such a pet peeve. Like, I'm sorry. No. Um, I also kind of kind of thought that Hunt's love language is touch. How do what do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's touch. There is so much thigh touching here. So much thigh touching, so much thigh pressing. Or like once they get closer, like she has her head on his shoulder or he has his hand. Um, like when they would go to different meetings, like He'd grab her knee under the table or something. Yeah, he's definitely like touches his like his love language. Definitely think touch is his love language. What do you think? Uh, Price is it action? Yeah, acts I of think service. acts of service. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think it's acts of service because um, just an example of that is she calls Juniper and tells Juniper that she's going to go uh, to the dance class. So that's her, like, like doing. Or when she needed to go to work and she calls Rune to watch. Mm-hmm. Hunt. Yeah, it's acts of yeah. service. It's, yeah, that's, that's, which makes total sense, right? Like, it, well, it, I mean, if you, if you dig deeper, I mean, we already know her history with the Autumn King and the fact that he, like, literally was just, he didn't, what he thought the Oracle had said and believed that she didn't have any powers. She, he just, like, chucked her out on the street and that's a direct correlation. Like, but it, you know, it goes back further because, like, her mom, her act of service was leaving the Autumn King. And, like, her act of service is f- wound up falling in love with a man who takes care of her and her mom. You know, I think it's just Randall. It's absolutely, I, you can, you can go, you can kind of make it a psychological thing if you want to. I'm looking at my notes about Avalon. My Avalon notes say specifically, Avalon cousins. These are Rune's cousins. Uh, Mind reading and shadow walking is not related to the starborn powers. But he goes, I bet they wish they did. They wish they did, yeah. Right. And he specifically says mind speaking isn't related to being starborn. So I find that really interesting that they're making that like very clear that starborn is different. I wonder if it's like the mind speaking is kind of like a watered because it's cousins if it's a watered down version of damati because we know damati is you know mind talking also not just mind control and we also know that it's not just between um reese and Feyre because we know reese will communicate with Cass in akasif specifically that he's like, you wear your heart on your sleeve, brother. You know, like, they're just having conversations mentally. It has nothing to do with mind control and nothing with, you know, control the barriers along your, you know, it's just conversation. So we know that all of the parts in the book are broken up into the levels of hell. We know mm-hmm. this. 
and we know that there are that seven and just you have very like very good seven is very important in crescent city seven represents so many things just you have a list of yeah. them so seven the bryce says seven the holy number or quote unquote unholy depending on who would who was worshiping there's seven layers of hell seven planets seven asteris seven hills in their eternal cities seven neighborhoods seven gates in crescent city and seven princes to the layers of hell seven princes and level seven demons can only be four princes like they they aren't just like you know out there they're like sent on stuff which i found was very interesting um other things that i found interesting on this reread on the starborn sword is picky about who draws it that's why bryce like actively like leans away from it because it like sings to her right like calls to like yes like calls to like um let's see um but the starborn sword is useless without the knife because it's part of a pair. They were made from the same meteorite. The knife was lost in the first wars. And when the knife and the sword are re- reunited, so shall our people be is the like prophecy around it. Right. Yeah. And then the Autumn King kills the last starborn prince before that prince made the drop, which I found was very interesting. And that's why Bryce tells him over and over and over again to try to get Rune to, um, like, leave his father, I guess. I don't know. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, she was like, oh, like, I don't want to say, um, not mind control. What's the word? Like, um. Influence. Yeah, I guess that's the best way to say it. Throughout this whole thing, my love for Bryce is just, like, not, it, it is just, like, more and more and more every single time. It is. It is. It is not dimmed in any in any way. Like, so it's like sometimes when you reread a book, you're like, ooh, mm, but like, like when we do the movies, we're like, this did not age right. Well, yeah, as I thought right. But like Bryce is still wonderful. She's still so great, so sassy and like powerful and strong and unique and like giving and sacrificing. And I guess she is like on paper. The same as all, as like Aelin and Feyre, but like she puts her own like sassy spin on it in a way that's like really different from Aelin, and and I love it. I just I just love it and her. Like we talk about, I know we've had conversations in the past, and you had told me specifically where there's some people really don't like Aelin, mm-hmm. um, and then you have people who love Feyre, and I, you know, I just I remember in our anniversary episode, I was like, I'm so much like Bryce, like Bryce, I am. I am Bryce, uh, in light of recent events, even more so. Um, and then, and I remember I was like, she's the best version of myself, but I don't want to say the worst either. It's just like when she's happy, she's great. Her highs are my highs and reliving the lows with her. I was like, Ooh, I, I mentally blacked out a lot of things. Or like I said, I disassociated a lot of like the the sadness that comes with this book and, and the love that she has for her friends. Um, she's, but she's like, when she's running through the bone quarter, right? The whole time you're like, she's, and again, from the beginning, it's just like with Feyren, the first Akatar book, she was a human fighting, doing all the challenges. She's just a human. She's not Fey, And yeah, in in through like the running through the bone quarter and fighting everybody from hell and everything, she is Faye by blood. But she at this point, she's fighting everybody as a human. She's not using her starborn power. She's not using her starlight, and she's just a regular person who was trained by a sniper, and she's doing it. She's doing. And then 
it's emotional when the prime is like there's there's a wolf in the in the quarter right now and Sabine is just you're just thinking it's Danica and he goes no that is the spirit like that is what it just I hate Sabine so much and it always just warms my heart how the prime always already considered and always considered her part of the pack it's very powerful the end the end is very powerful um jess i have a question for you where the fuck do you think this is set you mean city-wise or timeline-wise i'm talking about like where is this because oh, like how we say like prithian is in the uk kind of thing yeah because this it irks me it irks me right where is it they have they have sobek in the river Okay, those are those are those are crocs, right? So you got crocodiles in the river. Okay, fine. You got cypress and palm trees. Okay, fine. Um, you have, uh, you know, seven hills in the Eternal City. Okay, well that's Rome. Okay, you got angel. Okay, okay. So we're we're over we're over there. You, Here you have lots of like gods and oh, it's this. What is th- what like, is like this? the gods? Like kind of reminds. I feel like it's just a mixture because remember when we went to the the southern continent, it felt like a mixture of a couple things and throne of glass. Like I feel like this is a mixture, but I don't know. But then you're like in the heart of a metropolis. I feel like it's a very metropolis type of busy city, but that's just like walking everywhere. So, so what is it? But there's skyscrapers because there's a part, you know, or you have like the, the comidium because there's a huge ass building with all the barracks and all the business offices and all the helicopter pads and like. So what is it like Athens? Is it like Athens where you have like. Like the ruins, because the club is an old temple, and it's the same kind of like climate. But 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 like I guess you take like that kind of vibe and like move it further like south, so you get the like the the warm because they're never like cold really, right? They're always like I don't know. I, don't know. I it just yeah. I, I, <laughs> when we're having this conversation, I just looked up. Does Greece have palm trees? There are two native palm trees to Greece. Good to know. Good to know. So I don't know. Like, yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things because like the Eternal City on like Seven Hills, it's just like so freaking on the nose that it is. It's it's weird to me that you would go to like that level of detail to make it so similar to like what we have here on like real life, and and, and like I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so I I want to talk about Adis. <laughs> uh, of course you do. I want to talk about Adis. I want to talk about Adis. Adis kind of like info dumps on us, which I really, really kind of focused on during this reread. So when Adis is summoned, uh, we we get we get all of this stuff. So he talks about the Prince of the Pit. So he's number seven, like he's he's the one. He's the star. No, he's number five. The no. Oh, the Prince of the Pit. Sorry, yeah. I'm thinking of Adis. He's the chasm. Yeah. He's number five. No, Adis is telling us the story. So he's telling us about the Prince of the Pit, who's the Star Eater, and he became this. You know, he became the Star Eater. Am I assigning gender? I don't want to be. No, because they say princes are like it's, he. Okay, the princes are he. Okay, that I did look that. Okay, up. okay. So the Star Eater killed an Asteri, who are an Asteri. Um, the seventh one, Sirius, the wolf star, and he ate her. He ate her whole body and in doing so um, got the star inside of him and, and 
that, you know, okay. Uh, more about Adis. Adis is blonde with blue eyes. He's in a black suit. And he puts his hands in his pockets. He met Bryce <laughs> at like 13. Uh, something interesting that he says to Hunt is like, what are you doing here with a black crown on your head? Which is interesting. And everyone's like, what does that mean? Like, obviously, yeah, I want to know that question too. Uh, what else does he say? He says, here's where we circling back to portals, multiple worlds. Rifts open to other realms and planets. Um, so what is hell but a distant planet bound to yours through a ripple in space and time? Um, your kind, you know, were fallen, you know, into Midgard. You were made, like, with the Asteri. Phase shifters came from their own worlds. The universe has no end. One in a multitude bountiful as the stars. Um and then we get that Adis can like shapeshift and he can make himself look more like Hunt if that's what Bryce is like into. And I like that. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. 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 He's like, oh, next time I can look more like him if like that's what you're really into. I mean, I knew he could shapeshift, but I thought it was like they were talking about, you know, not, you know, because he's cat. cat. Yeah. Or like animals that, what What do they, they describe it as like animals that are natural to whatever habitat that they're in wherever they are i didn't put this together about the heist i think i must have glossed over that yeah it was pretty funny i thought it was pretty funny and then like later on he visits bryce when she's like sleeping and she's like kind of half awake in like a dream kind of sleep and he is telling her to go make the drop and then come and find him quote quote so we can finish this that's on page He's like on her dresser or something, and yeah. So like that—that yeah. that is kind of what we get um, from Adis in that those like little scenes, which is a fuck ton of information, really, if you think about it. So like, and he and you brought up the the audio of like that's the only argument I need, Sean. And people are saying that like Adis slides his hands into his pockets. <laughs> that's the only argument I need. Is that an <laughs> Easter egg, or are we assigning meaning where there shouldn't be? <sighs> you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. I do like that Bryce changes her name to Bryce is a queen in Hunt's phone. Um, I, I love, I love that. I love, I love the self confidence. I also uh, like the little nod here. Another just little fucking Easter egg of the lavender soap. Mm-hmm. I loved the lavender soap. Mm-hmm. It is very good. What else do we have? I'm looking at my notes. My notes tell me that when Bryce gets the venom extracted from her leg. She and Bright and Hunt kisses her. A, quote, star blooms inside of her. I have something to say with that, that to, to jump off that, can I? Of course. So this, so this goes into my, let me try to look at both sides of why people, as much as I'm not a Hunt and Bryce are endgame person, and I will be the first to admit if I'm like, if I'm wrong, like, whoops, I, you know, I'm wrong because nobody knows. Nobody. Um, when he gets her off, there's a, there's a line he goes, nerve in her body exploded into glorious starlight. And I feel like people might use that as the, that's another reason why they're endgame because Favor in the cabin had the starlight and Aelin on the beach had the starlight when like the mating bond connected and then Nesta and Cassian. But we know from a couple chapters before he got her off that she makes that comment. And then you flash forward to the end of the book where she goes, she made the connection 
that the the light came because she didn't have the venom in her leg anymore. Because like, the venom neutralizes magic. Right. right. So I don't so that that's me saying, okay, I hear what you're saying, but here's my retort. Yeah. Uh, I have another example about that. Uh, people people are saying like, oh, Bryce like stills and gets calm and like centers when Hunt uses his like fae male voice on her. And like that is an indicator of the mating bond. I'm sorry. It happens when Rune talks to her too. So back up. That is not the example to use. If you're going to use an example of it, that is not the one to use because it also (laughs) happens with her brother and they are not mated. And they are not (laughs) Sorry. That's please another example. But I'm not going to be the asshole that's going to like fight on social media about it. Like, no, no, I'm just going to like point it out here and that's that's it. Because you know what? Everybody could have their own opinion, but why are we going to fight about something we don't fucking know? Let's, uh, we are going to talk about the toxicity of the fandom at the end of the episode, so we are going to table this to the to the end of yes. the episode. Uh, something. Oh, yeah, no, go. I had a question, yes. and maybe this. And, and, and no, again, we don't know. Maybe we're just giving a lot of credit because she has that starborn light, not necessarily like not necessarily that power. Um. Is it, could it be one of the Faye cousins? Like, I can't remember. Is it Day Court? Dawn Court? Remember when Feyre comes into the light and she shines and she everybody's like, oh my God, our our priestess, like, fuck you, Ianthi. Ianthi. Could that be related to that Faye? We, again, we don't know, but I, I just had me thinking of that, you know, and Feyre has the light and it just made me think of that's part of the Starborn Faye. Or I'm grasping at straws. <laughs> What about um, Diana, the goddess of the mm. what moon that takes over Aelin's body when she's on the boat <sighs> in Empire of Storms? That would make a little bit more okay, right? Because 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 I think Feyre's was just it was just like hers was a party trick. It w- didn't do anything right. besides the blinding light. That's why I wasn't yeah. But hers is like could all... but like like day court like. Like, I would say, like, sunlight, I guess. Okay. And, like, hers is, like, it's different. Right. Star, yeah. It's different. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I was thinking about that connection because I always thought that 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 part of Empire of Storms was just, like, fucking weird when she just, like, uh, took over, like, Aelin's body and, like, that. I always thought it was kind of weird. So, like, that. Um... (laughs) Oh, oh, something else. A death mark. Um, death marks that, that Bryce has to steal to go over to talk to um, the Underking or whatever. Right. Um, and death marks are pure iron. They are an ancient coin um, from a long gone kingdom across the sea. Payment for the dead. That is, you know, what is that? I don't know. It makes me think of a quarter. <laughs> But I know that's not what it is. It just reminded me. I did think of a coin because it just reminded me of the history when it comes when like when you're crossing like the river sticks when you're yeah. crossing the river and you have the body like that's what that's where that where I pulled from. Mm-hmm. So I just thought coin like, you know, yeah. iron mark and iron coin. Here you go. Yeah, that's how you get the the attention. Yeah, I just I would like 
Oh, the, you know, an ancient long gone kingdom across the sea. What is this? Yeah. I I want I want to know the kingdom. Like you know, that's that's what happened with this reread. You're like, what about this? Yeah, what about like, this? What's this? Because then we have it's we have the info dumping on things that don't seem relevant right now, and then the things that are vague. You're like. What about this? this? What about this? This is what I want. I don't want the info dumping stuff. I want the stuff I don't have information on. Uh, something vague. I like Bryce's comment about how she wasn't sure if she was really fucking horny for Hunt um, because she was actually like really horny for Hunt or if it was just because she had gone weeks without sex and that was like really out or of her vibrator yeah, or her vibrator. She was like, I haven't done anything, not even to myself because I have him in the room. Yeah. Next and door. he can hear can everything smell and smell everything. And yeah. It. Yeah. Poor girl. Poor um, girl. So she's just like combusting. And that, that's just like another kind of example um, when people are like, Oh, but they're like so hot for each other. It's like, Oh, they're both like, it's, it's a forks, forced proximity, like, bodyguard situation. You know, all the tropes. No, we love all the tropes. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that this is an example where Bryce herself is pondering the question, do I really want to jump on him because I really want him or I have just been starved for, like, what at that point, it's like, what, a month? Like, yeah, a little over a month. Well, the, or the last person. Yeah, it had to have. Yeah, it was like a month and a day or something because the last person she had sex with was the lion shifter in the right before in the bathroom before she met Tertian. Right, right. And then Micah came to her like the day after or something because or Isaiah and Hunt came to her after. Oh, yeah. And with Micah um, because she was the last person seen with Tertian. Right, right. My note here is come for me, sweetheart, gag, <laughs> vomit, please no. That is my note. I just, hell yeah. Uh, and he's on the couch and he's on the, like, ugh. I love me. We all know I have that, you know, I think we, we both have that uh, blissfully bookish t- uh, t- tea that's like, I read for the smile. Mm-hmm. We are no strangers to sweat. I love a good smut scene. I wasn't into it for this. I think I'm more angry at Hunt the second reread because I pick up on all the little things. Like, I can stand back and be a little bit more objective with him. Um, what was the other thing he was like, I got you, sweetheart. And I'm like, Bleh. or when he did get her off, I, I, I sent you a, a video message and I go, good for her. And then I just started laughing because he was in pain. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I shouldn't find pain so funny. Come for me, sweetheart. <laughs> we have sex. We have sex. We had a good date. We had a good date. We're gonna have sex. <laughs> Kite man, hell yeah. Okay, hunt. Kite man, Athelor. All right, all right. Um. <laughs> Okay, so let's let's since we're since we're teasing Hunt, um, let's circle back to what I said earlier about how I I noticed something about Hunt. Oh, and we should clarify: we read it like you did the audio yeah. all three times, right? Okay, yeah. so I did the audio this time and last time, but I also read the book. But I think that'll give some background with what we're about to go. Yeah. Through. Okay, so the narrator Lizzie she has given Sandriel. Andrew, a very like kind of posh, like proper kind of accent. 
And what Sandra says is she goes, uh, I'm surprised at how common that you're acting. Um, you know, you, and what she says is you wanted a common life, simple, sweet wishes. And I just found that, I found that really interesting and I'll go into it. Okay. So Shahar and Sandriel are twins. They're both like very powerful, like archangels. Okay. We know from Hunt's own like recollections and memories that Shahar had like treasure troves of jewels and like gems and stuff. And we know that over in the other continent where, where Sandriel is, it's like misty and there's like a keep and it's, you know, so we can imagine that it's like n- nice and it's expensive. It's, it's not, my point is that it is not common. Okay. It is very, I'm going to say like typical, like fairy tale type esque is the vibe that I get there. Okay. She's saying that she's surprised that hunt is so common wants a common life, and wants, like, simple sweet wishes. So, our big problem with Hunt is that he's so common. He's so boring. He's so fratty. There just, like, isn't, there just isn't, like, a spark there. So, I guess what I'm kind of pondering is, is that who he really is? Or is that just, like, the first thing that kind of caught his eye when he had, quote, like, quote, quote, freedom. And I say that because he, he's not, he wasn't free. He just, like, was out from under Sandriel. So, like, is he adopting this, like, fratty sport guy lifestyle because it's the first thing that kind of, like, was available to him and he's, like, really leaning into it because it is so different from, like, this posh kind of, like, rebel general situation that he had going from one side of the pendulum to to the the other other. and if that is the case then this man this angel this male does not know who he is at all because now and you and i had discussed this prior to recording um you had brought up now he's he's free he doesn't have he doesn't have the crown he has the spqm like tattooed like it's no longer tattooed like he's a free citizen you know and now who is he he went from one extreme to the other and tried to find his own identity (gasps) it's like chase Mm -hmm. (laughs) not everything gets brought back to shadow hunters i swear to god (laughs) swear swear but yeah, he doesn't know who he is. He's going from what, like he's he's pulling, like he has his own lived experiences, but they've all been tethered to something. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's just really it's really interesting because what you know what does that what does that mean for him? Because he and, and this is something else that I found really interesting about Hunt is that he really recognizes that he was a really blind zealot for Shahar. And that he was not, like, that was not it. Um, he sees himself reflected in, in what's his name, uh, the bomber, and Philip Briggs, and, mm-hmm. um, and, and lo- looks on him with, like, disgust. And is like, was that, what, is th- was that what I was like? Oh, and Bryce has to reassure him, like, you are nothing like this person. But he found, he saw, with what Philip was saying, he was like, but I, but what he's saying, I, y- yeah. yeah, I was like that. Yeah. So that that goes to what we were kind of talking about is just you were talking about uh, Manny Pixie Dream Girl. 
Oh, right. I had asked Echo, do you, because th- we were talking about Hunt and being ordinary. And then here's Bryce, who's not ordinary or might be to him. He's just, he's just like, here's this person I have to babysit more or less. But do, is Bryce's manic pixie dream girl was the conversation I was having to you. And you had come back to say, well, here's my supportive argument to in support that Shahar was actually the manic pixie dream girl and lined up like how Hunt would say, uh, she was the first person to give me attention and it had nothing to do with my rank. And, you know, she made me feel something. And I was like, so, and I don't want to say that Bryce is the rebound because that's not what it is. I just think that Bryce is the person and, and goes both ways. Hunt is the person for her and Bryce is the person for him that they're who they needed, needed and need, I guess, currently at the time that they need each other. You know, it's a timing thing. That doesn't mean, mean this. Or, you know, if you want to talk about like our most recent episode that we had recorded with Karina and Malik, they're who they needed at that time. And that doesn't mean that it's not beautiful and wonderful and great. And sometimes just life happens and they might fizzle. But to come back to it, we're just knowing that all we have is what we have on paper. And Shahar was actually like that manic pixie dream girl. She really was. And because she she inspired, right? She like brought him to the cause. She gave him purpose. She, uh, you know, he he says like, I will always love her. Like I will always like be in love with her. And you know, she died, and it was like he says like it was like fifty years before I believed that she was dead, and it was another like fifty before it just like all of this like really weird kind of man, mm, mm, pixie dream girl bullet 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 point. Situation that well, he- and even when he was talking to to Bryce, I will never get over her. Mm-hmm. You know, he's saying like, and then she's even having to talk herself out of the. You know, it's the whole if they want, if you want, you know, if they wanted to, they would. And she's like, why am I getting hung up on this guy? He literally told me to my face, I will never love anybody. Else. Yeah, he says like I'm still hung up on my dead girlfriend. Like it, which again, we said this in our Crescent City episode. He was then. Sandriel rebought him as a slave who is her twin, his dead ex-girlfriend, his dead girlfriend's twin sister. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is that is like so fucked up. Telenovela shit. It, it really is. It really is. Um, Bryce trying to buy Hunt back is so fucking cringy. I can't. I I have to force myself to listen to it if I didn't like want to listen to it just to make sure that I got all the details, then I would fast forward it because I hate it. I hate it so much. It is so embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for her. I'm also like, did we, you haven't even spoken to him since the trust was broken. Shattered. Bothers me me that Hunt was pissed at Therian for, when they were walking into the committeeum and when the whole summit was starting and he was like, I didn't look out. She, she, he's the reason she was there that night. You were there. Don't get mad at there. Therian was just like, look, I got a hint. Here's your, here's some Intel. You want to go? I'll take you. Nobody knew that Bryce is, uh, that Hunt was going to be there. Hunt has nobody to be mad at, but himself take accountability. Don't put this on Therian. I love Therian. I love him more this time. I love where Bryce is like, ooh, you're trouble, but I'm still going to flirt with you anyway. I I, lo- I love Bryce is my baddie. I love her so much. Um, don't get pissed. I just, it felt like two episodes of Euphoria ago with Cassie doing anything for Nate. 
because she's just, you know, there have been, unfor- you know, I think we can say if we've been in, you know, the, there's some people who have been in relationships where you look back and you're like, I'm cringing at myself for those actions. Like, that's not who I am as a person. And I feel like Bryce is like that in that moment because she's doing it out. She says it's it's for her friend. It's for this guy that she likes because she absolutely in Bryce form, she would have done that for Lahaba. She would have done that for Danica. She did do that for Danica, in fact, with the the uh, with the bone quarter. So it's not not in line with Bryce for who what she would do for her friends, but it isn't in line for what she would do for somebody that she's dating. <laughs> but we all have like that one person. You're like, ooh, why was I doing that? Yeah, you ha- you have the one person where you're just like, oh my god, I can't ooh. believe it. <laughs> But, like, if you look at it as, like, a friendship situation, then, like, yes. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. But I cannot – but I have to look at it through the lens of friendship because if I look at it through the lens of, like, ugh, you're just like, oh, God. Oh, God, no. Right. Oh, God, please no. Please no. Um, Just – ugh. But Rune come through oh my God, as the thank big God. brother that he is. Like, I love Rune the second read. Like, I know I talked – and I'll still talk shit. I know we talked shit about his frat house and all that stuff. But, like, he's the lovable – like, we could talk shit, but I still I, – he's such a good brother. He's a good – and he tries. He repeatedly tries. And they had the sibling fight, and she held it against him because that's what, you know – we can are known to do and be like, I'll, I'll never forget the one phrase you said three years ago, you know, or whatever time, you know, longer time it is. But she even says, like, I forgave him a long time ago. But then there's that sense of pride to be like, well, now it's been this long. How do I kind of circle back to it and not make it awkward? You're talking about forgiveness. Uh, all I can think about with Hunt specifically is with his betrayal, um, his betrayal I, I feel like people really don't understand the depth of his betrayal because it really bothers the shit out of me because he figured it out. He figured everything out like a week before he told Bryce and then gaslit her for an entire week about her friendship, you know, what she was feeling and, you know, what kind of person Danica was and what she was doing. All of this, like, complete and utter dog shit. And, and so, like, he, he did that for a week lied to her about it, lied to her about everything else, and then fingered her to completion, which, you know, good, but then, like, left, like, fucking, like, left and shit, like, that night, yeah, that night. it is just, it is just wild, and then he's like, oh, I tried to stop it because I want a life with you, it's like, yo, bro, then, but you're like, gonna tell me that the only reason, the only time you realized you wanted, like, you cut the deal off or you were making the conversation like you literally got her off and he was like, oh, now I'm going to text my work buddies to say like, oh, no, it's not worth it. Yeah. Like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Like it, it just ugh, it, it is such a deep, like bone deep betrayal because he knows what Danica means to her. So like him being like she was just a drug addict to like. Like, straight face in her eyes. This is her, like, her, like, soul sister. And he is just gaslighting her this whole week. And people are like, oh, oh, oh. No, 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 no. No, no, no. And on top of that, I just, again, we touched on it lately. And and when we first talked about it, 
how dare you cut? Even if she was addicted to synth, even if she did abuse this drug, how dare you come to somebody with somebody else that they love in their life who has a substance abuse problem? That doesn't mean I'm going to love that person any less. It's an like it's an addiction. (sighs) So even though that's not the case with Danica, I'm still like, how fucking dare you? You don't know anything. And it also kind of shows you the type of person you are if you're going to negate somebody's love just because they have a substance abuse problem, just because they might be addicted to alcohol. Maybe they have another type of addiction. How dare you? And and negate my love? For- no. And, and people are, oh, oh, oh. But up until that night, he had the plan to go through with this. So he was going to say fuck all to, to all of this. To Bryce, to every... He was going to say fuck all to that and go give this into the human rebels and like start another fucking rebellion. He did not give a shit about any of this like situation with her. So like, I, I just... And, and and Oh, yeah. Because that, that was the deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That No, I'm like sitting on it more and more. Yeah, that, like, I know, because he was going, because he wanted him, uh, not Isaiah, Justinian? Yeah, Justinian and and the Wraith. And the Wraith. Uh, Not Naomi, Victoria? Victoria. They wanted to take the synth so they can have that Mm -hmm. power for a hot second, too, once they knew what it was. Yeah, so that they could try to, um, right. Yeah, so, I, so, there was like no it was like it was like afterthought beyond afterthought for bryce and like she you know he he got her off and like felt kind of guilty about it and decided to call it off but fucking went any this is what i don't understand but okay but oh my god he's do as he's pleasuring her he's still gonna go through it and and like here here's the other thing why did he show up? If he was like, they still wanted to go through it, then why okay. did he show up? Okay, let them. Let them. What the fuck? What do you have to be there for? You don't have the money. <laughs> like, it's not your money. <laughs> like, it said that is, like, clear. They say that. They said it was, like, Victoria's money. So, like, it's it's not it's not his money. He doesn't need to be there. If you cared, you wouldn't, like... Yeah, and what did they say? They go, uh, the only reason... Isaiah told Hunt or something, the only reason that you're in jail and being sold to Sandriel as opposed to Justinian and Victoria is because they saw the text exchange. Exchange the text. Don't go. Yeah. You cannot win here. Leave. And then when she's like obviously shaken, her trust is betrayed. And how do you come back from like losing that type of trust? Mm-hmm. They did somehow, but I fucking wouldn't. Um, well, it, sorry. It brings me it brings me back to that quote. That I think I shared in our like um our friend like group chat. Yeah, our group chat. Um, it was like uh you know when you for- when you forgive him, he loves you more like every day because you forgave him, but you like love him a little bit less because right. you're waiting for him to do it again, and it, it it's just like yeah, yeah, right. I am I am waiting for Hunt to like do it again, and I know like. So his love language is touch. So he like rushes down. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. This is the other thing. I 
enjoy the scene of Hunt descending from the helicopter, you know, and like slamming into the ground and like wrapping himself around Bryce and like touching her because, you know, touches his, you know, all that stuff. Like, I enjoy that scene, but it is too fucking similar to Az and Cass. And I prefer that scene. Uh, That scene is one of my top three scenes of the entire series. Yeah. So I prefer that scene. So now when I think of Hunt descending from the helicopter, I just think of Kite Man with his kite going like, <laughs> here I come. You're like, and, and it's not the vibes. Like, I understand. I understand this is a me kite problem. Kite Man is not the vibes. Kite Man is not the vibes here. But like, that is this. that is what I see. And it is just like, eh. it, it is, it is, eh. it is, eh. okay. So, Regulus. Regulus. The Asteri. I learned a lot about the Asteri. Did you, did you, uh, see that the Asteri, the stars are like, like inherited and like born. Um, you can't really like. But isn't there, we, wasn't somebody, I don't, somebody saying that there are only like six seats, like there's a seventh seat missing of the Asteri, even though we know seven is a po- like a powerful number. Yeah, they never replaced Sirius, the wolf star. After uh, the Prince of the Pit ate her. Okay. <laughs> they never replaced her. Um, but Rigelus, Rigelus is in a teenage body. He is the right hand of the Asteri. I like this. Um, so the Asteri are like entities of energy that contain themselves in like bodies and they live until the bodies like burn out, I guess, is like what I can understand. And it's kind of like they have like a connected like consciousness, but they can also talk like independently. I still don't. I feel like I even with the second read. I know the Asteri are important and obviously like they oversee everything, like mm-hmm. all of the archangels. But I, I feel like I have a lot of questions. I, I don't even want to say I have a lot of questions. There's just still a lot of unknowns. Yeah. There's a lot of unknowns. There's just, there's like very little that we know, but we do know that Rigelus is in the body of a teenage boy. And we will talk about, we will talk about Rigelus. Let's talk about the library of Parthos because we got a lot of information about the library of yes. Parthos that I actually like paid the fuck attention to this time. Okay, so the library of Parthos was the human library that existed before the Asteri came through like the portals and shit. So that establishes the humans as the original inhabitants of like Midgard or whatever. So they have the humans have been under like 15,000 years of slavery under these like it is fucking it is fucking wild. But um I don't know if you picked up on this. The Arkesian amulets that Bryce wears, like she wears two, like the one and then one gets melted and she puts and then the other the one on. One, right. Those are the amulets that were worn by the priestesses of the temples of Parthos. Right. So those are like original, like human, like magic negating amulets which I just find very interesting. It is just very interesting. Um, and then the, the humans made the, the had a doomed army, made a last stand against the veneer. Okay, so there's another little detail in here talking about Dan, or, um, Bryce's tattoo. And and there it's a line that says, like, nobody can read this, um, this alphabet. It's in the old Fey language, right. Well, it's in the language of universes. And, oh. and Bryce says that, oh, she just picked it out of like a, like a thing, you know, whatever. Um, right. do you think it's word marks? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, yes. I, yeah. I think it's like quite obviously word marks. I think it's very, very interesting that like, that is not what we see 
Oh, like when we see in fan art. Yeah. Yeah. Like we we don't see that, but like it's probably word marks is, is what I think. And then we get, so Micah says something really interesting. Micah says like, I, you know, I want to open the horn. We're going to kill all the humans. And Bryce goes, are you going to open a portal to hell? And Micah says, no, hell won't bow to me. And I just found that really interesting. That is a really interesting, like... But he already knows that Bryce is the horn at this point. Mm-hmm. So Michael was saying, hell won't bow to me, undertone, but they'll bow to you because she's starborn Fae. And that person, like, that, like there's a person who has to control the starborn Fae who has the horn. Like, it's a connected thing, no? Bri- Let's see. Bryce is the only one that can use the horn. And the only person who can use the horn is a starborn, is a starborn fae, fae, which means which means it's her or Rune. Yes, and she is the horn. Yes, and the only per like, but it has to be in conjunction with the prince, the prince of the pit. Not necessarily, no. Oh, it doesn't. Mm-mm. Okay, no. I don't know why. Your, your okay. connection is because the prince of the pit stole Palace's blood to oh. make the crystallis to hunt the horn. That is your connection. Okay. Um, you're, you are like very right in the, very, very, very correct. Very correct there. Um, I find it interesting that Micah says specifically (gasps) that hell won't bow. So remember when we're talking about Adis, and this is all speculation, come to me when you complete the drop so we can finish this. And then, and he's a prince of hell. And, ooh, that'd be kind of a fun twist if she goes, like, evil, not evil for a hot second, but, like, take this reroute to try to, like, control everything. Um, And we know with the epilogue, Adis and Jessica are talking, and they're talking about the library. The library moved. We know Jessica is at, is over 15,000 years old. Because she was there at the time of, like, essentially the burning of the books. And she saved as many books as possible. So she had to be of a certain age to, to, you know, she wasn't a kid, more or less, when this stuff was happening. In my head, she's still, she's something. She's not not eight years old saving these books. And she says to Adis, basically, like, don't screw us over again. Which leads us to assume that he Something happened where he screwed them over. And now he's trying to like, I feel like Adis, there's something there with Adis where he's like, so we could finish this. Finish what? She's starborn. She is the horn. She's the only person who can control it. And there is a prince of, you know, could be Adis that could work in conjunction with that. I sound like a conspiracy theorist. You don't. You don't. So Bryce is the heir to the starborn fae. And she has the pure light of a star from another world, the gift of the ancient Fae reborn. Just light. I'm, I'm looking at my notes. Just light. Not like, a, not like the Asteri. Not like their stuff. It is just light. And then we get into Prince Pallas and Queen Thea. And the hummering and the shimmering star sword and like light calls to like. So what you're like to go back to what you're saying is that like when Adis in the epilogue is talking to Jessica and they're like, no, like I can tell Bryce's starlight. It's just like Thea's. Um, 
Let me go. Uh, you know, Thea, her light was forever extinguished. She died under Prince Pallas's blade. Her light is reborn in Bryce. It is a song in my blood. So, like, what the fuck happened there? What is that? So does okay. So you have this theory where I can see where Thea, where you were saying Thea could and and Adis had a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking like Thea and Adis had a thing, and that's why um, Pallas like killed her because Pallas um, Thea is like his mother-in-law. Okay. So like maybe she did a thing and had an affair or like did a betrayal or like there was like a double cross with Adis and like maybe and like maybe that's it. And was Thea and was she Faye or Starborn Faye? She's Starborn Faye. So then is Bryce because he's saying like song in my blood. Is it meant in this poetic romantic sense or is it like a. Bryce is a distant relative of Adis. Like, distant, distant. Yeah, like, like calls to like thing. Yeah. I don't know, but that's a, that's this, that's a theory, that's a theory, that's a theory, that's a theory. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, let me look. Uh, so we were talking about the, the venom that neutralized uh, the magic that Bryce had in her leg. It was this, like, you know, this guilt kind of thing that she has. We talked about that in our first episode. Um, so when she takes it out, she feels the star bloom in her chest, and it just so happens that Hunt is kissing her at the same time. But it just so happens it would have happened even if he hadn't have kissed her because, like, yeah. it was it was out. Well, he was kissing her to just. I think part of the reason is like, yeah, were they caught up in the emotion? Sure, but I also think he was kissing her to like because it wasn't like this makeout thing. It was no. just like this soft first kiss. Yeah, and I think that it was like to help distract her from the pain. Yeah. <laughs> And the line is, like, the venom was out, and she felt the light awaken again, and she felt free. So, like, and and this is just, like, another... So, like, Bryce has her freedom with her power. Everybody knows who she is now. Everybody knows who her father is. There are no secrets now. She can be... And she's very powerful. And now she's a, quote-unquote, key... Based on the the Instagram post, she's a key key player, player, whether she likes it or not. Right. So, so So, we have... We have all of that. That is all very interesting. I do like how Bryce's fir- first light fixes the city. Um, you know, it's really good. I will not talk about. I will not talk about uh, the drop because it is so fucking powerful. The only thing that I'm going to say about the drop is the line that just like breaks me, and it's like, it was enough. That it's just it's it's so good. It's like. Bryce, like us as the reader, has realized that Bryce has realized that she's not going back and that she's fine. She's traded her place. She will wander in that like afterworld kind of purgatory place. And it's fine because Danica was there and it was enough. And that's all I'll say on that. Um, So there was another I don't know if you caught it this time because it's very emotional. But there's another fucking riddle in this book. And the riddle answer again is love. Um, so I didn't feel oh, the thing with the prime. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. I- <laughs> yeah. What brings loyalty <laughs> beyond death? Right. But I knew like, we know it's love. We know through love all is possible. Um, but I didn't realize it was it's like another riddle. fucking riddle. What was the, what was the book that we had an episode on where, Oh, it was like kingdom of the, the curse, the wicked. Maybe it was the second, it was whatever the se- second one was. And I had guessed, what was happening and you were like 
That's I and I didn't realize it was supposed to be like a secret. I thought it was just everybody knew. That's how I read that. I thought I thought everybody knew that it was like. <laughs> okay, so now we're at the end of the book, and we have Rigelus. Rigelus is calling, and Rigelus frees Hunt um, from like all things because like hypoxia queen. <gasps> Yeah, I love hypoxia. love hypoxia. I have a theory there. Yeah, love hypoxia. Um, hypoxia and Therian. I want that. Um, so, the, you know, everybody's freed and Rigelus says, you know, you need peace and contentment, joy. Um, you know, use your starlight. Don't use the horn. And then they say that, like, Hunt is no longer the shadow of death. Um, and we know that the library has been uh, moved by Jespa at, at this point. Um those are the things that I have picked up on this reread that are different, like from our first episode. And I know that we have some like questions and I feel like we could probably give maybe like speculative answers. And then we want to talk about a little bit about like toxic, toxic fandom environments, because I feel like that's very important. I feel like we've kind of worked through some of the questions. Oh, I have, I don't know if it's so much a question. I mean, I have a question and then I have a theory. Um, my question, I, I was like walking through the the horn belonged to the first fae. And then I thought, is it part of the dread trove because of what we know with Akasif now? And then we like, we know that there's the mask, the crown, the harp. And then like, as I was reading, and then there's a fourth unknown trove item that's quote unquote seen by like Nesta in Lanthus's vision or something. So that's where I don't know if is the fourth dread trove item this horn or does it go back to saying like maybe these these books aren't connected and we just want them to be in some case. I know Katie Robert, there's a lot of criticism just overall, not just in books in general where people will say like, oh, the the writer is writing the same story in a different font and Katie Robert had this wonderful tweet. She goes, yeah, there's a lot of criticism, but, like, the writer is writing what they know. And it also goes to that quote, like, if it's not broke, why fix it? Like, if this if this is her, if this is how she writes books, and obviously we're all, like, foaming at the mouth for whatever content she puts out, then, like, if it's working for everybody, why change it? Why can't that work again? Well, and you bring up a really good point. So in this, in the library scene, uh, with Micah when he's attacking Bryce and, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to get into it. It's all covered in our first episode. Uh, she does Bryce, her fingers touch on the Book of Breathing, the Walking Dead, the Queen of Many Faces and the Divine Number. Uh, the Queen of Many Faces. Why did I, that was familiar, but I couldn't connect it. Why did that seem familiar? Uh, because it is used, I think, very briefly to mention like a god or a goddess in Throne of Glass. I think like very briefly, but it um, it reminds me of Throne of Glass just because like Queen of Many Faces is just like what I think of like with Aelin. She's got like okay. so many fucking names. Um, <laughs> so that that's what I thought of. I don't know about the divine number uh, and, you know, whatever, but we know the Book of Breathing from Akatar. We know the Walking Dead from Throne of Glass. So that that's really interesting. Is there a reason? Is it an Easter egg? I don't know. Well, and then like they say like the horn and then you want to talk about the fourth the fourth trove item that's unknown and here's my speculation with the horn and then it further goes into the horn having like set like being a sentient horn and we've only learned about sentient like quote unquote like inanimate objects in the last 
365 days because of Akasif mm-hmm. with the house. Again, could be like not connected and just an Easter egg for us. Or not, because the, the horn was made in another world. So it would make sense that the horn was part of the trove. And we know that the harp can take you to other worlds. Yeah, the harp can take you to other... Uh, it's very convoluted. That, that's the thing, too. It's like, yeah. it's very convoluted. Uh, I want to talk about the toxic fandom, because I was very worried when Akasif came out, and it turns out that all my worries were, um, you know, validated. And... <laughs> Oh, yay. Such a great thing to have validation. You know, we we want validation. We love validation, but maybe not for that. Uh, The fandom, and that's including, like, we are part of the fandom. Like, yes. um, But the fandom can really turn on people and turn on, like, characters and turn on authors and turn on books and turn on everything. Uh, So I just am really nervous for this book release. And I, and I, do feel like I'm going to take a couple of days um, while I'm reading definitely off of um, like social media like social? so that I'm not influenced in any kind of way by people like speed reading through this book and then shitting on it because that's what happens first, right? The, the shit happens first before the praise comes. And, and I don't want anything colored because I really do enjoy this book and I like all these characters and I'm interested to see where all these characters go. And it's not like with Akasif where like I just didn't give a fuck about Nessa and I didn't care about her journey. So I was like not hate reading it, but I wasn't reading it for like enjoyment because I knew it wasn't for me. Right. I feel like this next book is like going to be in my wheelhouse and I don't want the negative opinion of people to and, and the negative people of the author of the story of of everything to really um like shape how i feel about it because i am excited and i don't want to get shit on i feel like it's gonna it, for me i think where you talk about where everybody shits on it first and then they go back and go oh you know kind of kind of like I remember you sharing with me regarding Crescent City, the people who loved it, loved it. Then there were a ton of people who just didn't get it because it wasn't even like in the same era, mm-hmm. more or less. And it was just completely like, this is, it's more modern. It's, it's not what they're used to with her writing. And there was a lot, and I just, you know, that wasn't my experience, obviously, because I came in later. Um, but there was, and I feel like with Akasif specifically, I enjoyed it. And I came out, I had the opposite thing. I was like, I enjoyed it. I came out of it. I sped read it because I didn't want anything to be ruined for me. Then when I was able to take a step back, let the emotion settle. And then when you, Kaven and I all discussed it out, I was like, I don't disagree with anything. (laughs) I can't disagree with anything that y'all are saying. Because I was then able to like come down from the first release high. I had never been part of a release day. I was just like immersed in everything. I still am, but I think I could be, I I say I could be a little bit objective. I'm not. I love Bryce so much. And now that I know that Danica is still like this key player in the back of her mind, I'm still just so enthralled with it. I know it's going to take me a couple rereads because I'm going to have the first, I don't want it spoiled. And I don't, and I, and I, don't want to completely stay off social. I'll just swipe through because I don't want my algorithm to get fucked. I just got it okay again. 
Oh, it's so true. The damn algorithm. Um, question, question and answer, question and answer. Ooh. Who is Hunt's father? Well, we have speculation. Yeah, we do. I mean, it's not really speculation. It's just I mean, like fucking okay, astrology. Hunt, Hunt is the hunter, which is Orion. We know that's and what's his name. The biggest, we know that's his name. That's on paper. That's not a speculation. What is the biggest star on the Orion constellation, Laura? It's Rogulus. It's fucking Rogulus. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, I mean, that would all kind of make sense, wouldn't it? This would all tie together quite nicely if it were Rogulus. If it's not Rogulus, I think it's a star eater somehow. I don't know how. Somehow. If it's not Rogulus, it's a star eater. Those, these are my thoughts. Who do you think is the threesome scene? Because we know she didn't take it out of this one. I have a, I have one. I think it's Hypaxia, Rune, and, and Therion. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, I think it's Hypaxia. Like, I know she has a thing with Rune, but there's this thing that really had me wanting Hypaxia and Therion, and I didn't realize it till I read it the second time, where they're just basically supporting each other in the summit. Mm. And she goes, Hypaxia went back to the papers before her, but her eyes lifted to the second ring of tables, to Therion. The mermaid gave her a slight secret smile, gratitude and acknowledgement, which Queen nodded back, barely a dip in her chin. The mermaid then just casually lifted his paper, flashing what looked like about 20 rows of markings, counting something. Hypaxia's eyes widened, bright with reproach and disbelief, and Therion lowered the paper before anyone else noticed and added another slash to it, and a flush crept over the witch queen's cheeks. What the hell was he marking down that has her all like, I can't believe he's keeping track of it. And I now, maybe it's like how many times she was like checking him out or something. I don't know. I just want them so mad. Yeah, I think, I think, I think it's them. I don't think that Sarah would give us Bryce Hunt and like, who i think she i think sarah is definitely like she'd do male male female not like Mm -hmm. she just i mean especially with what she alluded with nesta well nesta we know nesta has had you know has had a threesome and then again when she's having thoughts of Cass and as because same (laughs) yeah yeah i think i think it'll be um male male female yeah I, i i do not think that for her first threesome scene that she would put her MCs in it. I think that she would no, no it would be side characters first and then build up, you know, I, I, like confidence for a writer, right? Like she hasn't, it, they took out the other one, right? So like right. this one's in. So you did it, the, the, those are just what I'm thinking. I could be totally wrong. And I don't think she realizes how many, uh, maybe she does. I don't know. I don't know her. Um, people are invested in her side characters. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, every and time. And I like, I love Hypaxia. I love the accent that Lizzie gives her. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very soft. And Rune even comments on that. He goes, he realizes, like, she, this person, you know, when he only knows her as the Med Witch, realizes that he's Faye and they have heightened sensitivity and she, like, alters her interaction with different people. Like, she's just very, um, she, she's like an empath. She very much reads the people that she's around and changes her, her, um, her approach with with those people. And I think it's a lovely thing. And it's perfect for the type of ruler that she is. And she says it right up front. And her actions, you know, match with what she's saying of the type of queen she wants to be. And at the summit, she's like, we're, you know, we're, I'd rather be fighting along like, like Bryce than sitting here and doing nothing. And I love her. Queen in the truest sense. We always like witch queens, right? Manon, like we love, we love our witch queens. Other questions. 
where's the knife? Nobody knows. It's lost, right? Where's the knife? We don't know. Which means, I mean, in my head, it's like, okay, it'll come back. It'll come back. Yeah, we'll find it. We'll find (laughs) it. Um, I I think another question out there was like, there's a really big emphasis on syrinx and that he can pick locks and like open doors and, and. Well, they talk about it in the beginning and then they wrap it up at the end. Like, oh, I'll tell you more about his stuff later. And and, like, he doesn't obviously, but I think he can like teleport short distances. Yeah. He can teleport because he would leave his cage, teleport to where Brett, uh, Hunt was on the the roof roof, and then come back and like act like a good little boy for, Mm -hmm. for Bryce. Yeah. So, you know, that, that'll come into play at, at some point. That's not just like in there. There's like a reason for that. Right. Um, but that's why I feel like there was like a lot of the info dumping the details. There's a lot of, there's so many details where I go, that doesn't make sense to have this much detail, especially with like a reread once you, you mm-hmm. know, there's, it doesn't make sense to have this many details for it not to play out later. Right. Right. Yeah. And not even necessarily in the second book. Mm-mm. Yeah. Like, well, like long she game. was, she's contracted for three. She said this in an Instagram live. So this isn't like spoiler or anything. She's contracted for three and she said, quote, but you all know how that goes with me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we all know what happened with Tower Dawn. So, yeah. Other questions. Do we have other, like, other things that we should be like, hmm? Oracle telling Hunt, stay away from Bryce. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, no, 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 no. Let's talk about the fucking Oracle for a minute. Talk about the Oracle. We are talking about place setting. Place setting setting an oracle is 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 very greek greek and, and then they say that no they're not going to go to the oracles they're going to go to the something something else something else yeah. which is also very greek maybe it is like southern greece or something because then you have the the tossing of the coin over the river yeah it this is this is these are what i'm thinking this is what i'm thinking viper queen old and different the viper queen gave me very much stygian spider vibes Mm-hmm. And and that just could be that they are both like old, wily, kind of cunning characters because they are uh, or that that is like something else. Like what specifically about her makes her who she is. But that that just goes back to my slight annoyance with not knowing the setting because um, it, with the like god situation if we have like sobek and sobek is like an egyptian uh so like the viper queen did did, is she like some sort of like goddess she's old and ancient you know you're in sort of like a a setting where that would be like not um far-fetched do you know what i mean like right um so like my first thought is this like a medusa situation but like no but but you know this is similar kind of so i don't know that that's where i am with that like when they specifically say that like she is different from like literally everybody else like why what makes her different yeah so i i i think um based on you know everything that it, it could be something like that like she's a she's like half half something i don't know i don't don't know i just thought it was interesting that it's a viper queen who oversees the meat market where they have a big big motto that says like remember you two will die memento mori yeah that is whispered in caesar's ear there's a guy that sits there and holds the laurel wreath above Caesar's head during his processions where Caesar is like, you know, feeling all of this like 
um, like godliness, right? That, that's what it is. It's like godliness. There's a man next to Caesar that whispers in his ear, remember, you too will die. Um, so that is just, that is the connection that I was trying to make earlier um, with the oh. setting. It is just so much pulled from there that it is impossible for me to separate it. That's oh. what it is. That is the connection I was trying to make um, with the um, the palm trees and, and everything, with the, the laurels. Oh, okay. That's, that's what that was. I made it. I did it. I made full circle. I'm proud of myself. I like when I finish my thoughts <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Jess, do you have anything, like, do you have anything left to say? Like, I, I'm, I'm excited. I love that we're going back. I, I love that we're going back into the world. I hope it's a little less, um, I hope I'm not crying, you know? I don't want to be this stressed. Um, but then again, like, we... Bryce and Danica is just such a special friendship right from the beginning, right from chapter one. I love them. You know this. We know this. We've discussed it many times in multiple episodes. Um, so who knows how going into this one, she doesn't ha- she has that relationship like in her heart with Danica, but she doesn't have a person like that right now. So I don't know if I will. Uh, I'm trying to be very objective. I I took the day off of work <laughs> to start the first read so I can make a make a dent in it. Um and then and, and then we'll go from there. I'm nervous. I'm very nervous for the toxicity because I remember with um Akasif, I was just like, Oh, I'm so excited. Why aren't you so excited? Now I know why. <laughs> um I just I just don't want there to be hate. And like as much as like we have there is toxicity in the community. We also have the other end where you have so many people who are so supportive. And at the time that this episode will be released, um, it's being released the day before the the house uh, Sky and Breath comes out on the 14th. Um, the, the shop Enchanted Oddities, she's ha- Kayla's having a Crescent City drop on the 15th. So um, she's just so wonderful and she's so supportive and she just wants everybody in the community to be happy. And she's one person doing this like crazy shop operating out of her room. So you have shop owners like her who just like wishes she's like, I am don't have as many hands to make all the things that I want to do to make so many people happy. So it's like, again, you know, in a way it's like the pendulum, you know, with, with Hunt, you know, he goes from one extreme to the other. And it's very much how this community is where it's like, you have one extreme or the other. And I really want to stay on the nice side. Really want to stay on the nice side. And, you know, with Enchanted Oddities and Kayla, it was just so, I I, I want to say like meant to be. It was just like one of those things where I, I don't even remember. It was like one of us stumbled on on the account yeah. and we we're like, oh, my God, this this is embroidery. This is exactly what we want. We haven't been able to find it anywhere. And it was just one of those like serendipitous meant to be things. And uh, we love her. She could keep my. I know. Just keep, keep it on file. file. Just keep it on file. Just like charge it anytime something comes out. Like honestly, um, she's she's wonderful. And of course, you know, like we love and support like small business and the community, all of that. Um, not sponsored. Not sponsored. Not sponsored. No, not sponsored. Not any anything like that. No, but I I think that was like just since we started mm-hmm. the podcast and even in 2020, I think not you know i i have not put in a structured dress in the longest time or any structured clothing and i just think it was really easy especially as we continue in this pandemic and everybody's like dealing you know all the small shops are dealing with supply chain management issues that 
you want to support the small businesses. Like, why wouldn't you? And it's fortunate for us in the book community. It's the small businesses that are are what are are giving us what we want for that content. You know, you're not going to necessarily find it on an Amazon or a Walmart or a box lunch as much as, you know, we love, you know, as much as you want to find things for at affordable prices at all those places. Our community is so Mm -hmm. niche that you have to, you know, you do work with these small businesses and you just, we're all kind of in it together and it makes it that much. I'm I'm happy to put my card down. And happy, happy to support, happy, so happy to support. And it's just like, yeah, when you are shopping small shops, most of the time you have the opportunity to interact with the owner in some small oh. way, even, you know, even if the yeah. owner on Etsy too, like they'll, they'll met, message you or, or, or something. And she's so nice. She's just so nice. And, and, you know, sometimes not everybody is nice and it, it is so wonderful to, have your initial like vibe check reassured when it's like, yeah, you are good people. You know, it, it is just right. so nice. You know, who's like that? Catherine from Blissfully Bookish is like that too. You're not going to find that in, you know, a capitalist no. Shop company. Small. Shop small. So feel free to follow us on Instagram. We are at Akafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. Feel free to leave us a review. If I, We'd love it if you left a five-star review at wherever platforms are accepting reviews. So thank you so much. We look forward to hearing from you. We look forward to everybody's theories. Um, Sky and Breath is out. Let, let's Let's make this a good experience for everybody. Just be nice. Everyone just be nice. <laughs> Talk to y'all soon. Bye. Bye.